Welcome to another episode of Building a Leadership Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki C., all the way from Philadelphia, PA, and this is brought to you by Bomb Global and the Connected Leaders Academy. I am super excited to introduce our guest who I've connected with through the CLE tribe. Super exciting. Had a virtual coffee with him last week, got to know what he does, and I am just super excited for him to share his knowledge and, you know, how he can help our audience. Super excited. His name is Gaetano Caruana, and he is the founder of Early Parrot, a referral marketing platform. He helps coaches, course creators, and event hosts achieve significant growth through referrals. Early Parrot has generated hundreds of thousands of referrals, resulting in millions in revenue. And their mission is to help entrepreneurs and marketers leverage word of mouth. Welcome so much. How are you, Kitano? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm really stoked to be here and looking forward to share some knowledge. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And where are you tuning in from? I am tuning from the tiny island of Malta. Uh, it's a little bit far away <laughs> where you are. Um, we're in the middle of the Mediterranean. We're very, very small. We're a small country in the European Union. We're 27 by 14 kilometers. So most probably the size of one of many cities in the US. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Well, thank you so much for accepting my invitation to uh, Building a Leadership Mindset podcast. So we want to know a little bit about you. What was your upbringing? Who was Gitano before the success and before this uh, journey that you've been on? Sure, sure, sure. Um, I'm more than happy to be here um, because I'm on a mission and uh, the mission is to help other entrepreneurs to learn more about word of mouth, referral marketing, and to help them to tap into this market. But if we had to like rewind the story and um, uh, go back a couple of years, I'm 38 years old, um, I am married uh, and I have a kid, three, uh, three-year-old son, his name is Zach. And uh, when I was brought up, I was always kind of like in technology. So I was always from a very young age, you will get, you will see me playing around with technology. So at that time, I started with games. I was always into computers, building different computers, um, uh, playing around with the latest technology. Uh, so that, that was always my upbringing. So I was always into technology uh, and into learning how to tap into new technologies, how to play around with technologies. And in fact, um, I furthered my studies in, in, in technology. I am a graduate in IT and that is my background. So originally I am a technical person, but I always had this thing in me that when I'm experimenting with a new technology, it can be a piece of software or hardware, I always look at technology and I admire technology, but I don't stop there. I always had this thing in me. How can we use technology to improve our life, to solve a problem, to solve a pain point, um, to help others? And uh, that took me, um, when I had a previous job before I started early period, that was always something like a part in me which wasn't fulfilled. And I felt that I could fulfill that part just by opening my business and through the use of technology, I can solve a problem. I can help others with a pain point. 
And that's what got me to start Early Parrot seven, seven and a half years ago. Wow, that is awesome. And tell us a little bit about Early Parrot and how did you come up with that name? You know, was it just yourself? Was it a team? Uh, how did that uh, come into fruition? Yes, sure. Um, before I started Early Parrot, uh, about a decade before, um, I had another company. And that company, uh, it I was a co-founder and um, the company didn't work out. So we had to close it after two years. It was a technology company and um, and we used to do software because as I said, I am originally a technical person. And after that company went bust, basically it didn't work out. At the time, I didn't know why it didn't work, right? why, why we didn't have so many clients that we plan to have. And that's when I took a, a step back and went back to the industry in order to understand more technology, understand more business and be able to get the know-how of how to do business, not only the technology side of things. And um, when I got the idea of early periods, it was initially um, out of a pain point of a friend so a friend of mine wanted to uh, launch a business of his own, and he wanted to mimic uh, back then a campaign which went viral of another company. Basically, he wanted to create a waiting list, and he wanted people to sign up for this waiting list and provide them with some incentives to share this new business that he was going to launch with others. And he reached out to me and said, hey, Gitano, can you help me with this? Can you build something for me in order to do this, this job? said yeah no problem it's, it's it's a small weekend project uh, i would be more than happy to do it for you and uh i did this project and that got my feet wet into the stream of referrals so i started studying referrals more rather than the technology side of things why do referrals work why they are so so uh, why are companies like huge companies they are using referrals and word of mouth marketing and why there are so many other entrepreneurs not doing referrals, not tapping into um, this way how to capture leads, capture interest of um, potential clients. And uh, at that time, when I started Early Parrot, it was a little bit of a different concept. It was more geared towards um, startups. Like uh, that's why the name has early in it, early stage. And the parrot, it's because the parrot repeats and tells others uh, the same message. So that's why I came up with early parrot, the name. But from that time, we pivoted um, from the main concept of targeting startups uh, for this kind of like waiting list concept. And we moved on to uh, referral marketing in general. So referral marketing for businesses who are already established, they, they need to have a, an offer and they need to scale it to uh, the next level through word of mouth marketing. Um, the name stayed the same, the concept pivoted. Um, and uh, I just like it. I just like the name <laughs> because there's a journey tied to it. Um, I founded the company myself. It's a bootstrap company. And with it came a lot of difficulties being a bootstrap company. It's not easy. Uh, you go through um, various difficult financial problems, um, uh, not having enough clients, so on and so forth. Um, but uh, it's been a fantastic ride these seven years, and I'm really glad 
that I was able through the support of my family and friends and uh, also um, people in my network that I managed to up until now weather the storm. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Now, did you have any, like what were the main challenges and were there any days that you felt like you wanted to give up? Um, and what was the mindset that you had to have in order to stay focused? Most definitely, most definitely. I mean, um, uh, I can still, I can still remember there were times where there was a particular time. I think it was around two years in. Um, and uh, now I know what the problem was. So basically, when I started early periods, being a technical person, I focused, I tried as much as possible not to focus on the technology. So I wanted to get capture the interest get as many conversations going because that's really important in business. You need to have as many conversations as, as possible with potential clients. For the simple reason, you need to have um, your ears to the ground so that you get as much feedback as possible so that your solution, it's custom for your clients. So when you pitch it to your clients, it has gone through so, so much feedback that it seems like it's that perfect solution for your potential client. But at that time, I was more focused on kind of like building a platform and um, focusing on the technology. So whilst I had a team, right, um, I was still way too deep into the technology rather than getting as many conversations, focus more on getting conversations going. And about two to two and a half years into the project, so about five years ago, um, I, I kind of like, uh, got rock bottom because basically the funds, since it's a bootstrap company, um, basically my runway was, was, was gone. Like the money that I had, um, saved in order to bootstrap this company, this project, I thought that it would take me, um, in a year's time, I would be able to recoup my investment, but it took me way longer because I was focusing on, on the wrong things. And as most probably most of our audience um, relate to when you start seeing problems and when the storm starts, those are most probably the days when you, you know, you don't want to get out of bed. Um, you start feeling like you, you, you're going to lose this battle and coming from another um, company that went bust, you know, a decade before. So I thought this is going to be take two. Right. <laughs> so um, uh, definitely, that's something that I have experienced. That, this particular moment that I'm referring to, that's not definitely the only moment, but this was one defining moment. I think um, one mindset that helped me um, throughout my journey as an entrepreneur is trying as much as possible to uh, prepare yourself for adversity. And I do this through uh, two main methods. So one is um, foster a culture of support. So if you have like supportive family members, um, if you have supportive friends, if you have um, associate yourself with um, others in business, so they are going through the same journey, this is really important. So you need, when you're going through the, the, the high days, you're doing well, make sure you invest in this network because you're going to need it. So when you face adversity, you can reach out for support 
and you have kind of like a safety net. You can go and say, um, be open with someone, either a family member, someone in your business community, say, hey, I'm facing this challenge, like my runway is almost gone. You don't have to wait um, till you face adversity to start looking for support because it might be way too late. So my mindset was always kind of like um, be able to work with others and have this network of support so that when um, uh, I face adversity, I have someone to lean on or a group of people to lean on. That's um, point number one. Point number two, it has helped me tremendously to stay fit and to um, be a fit person. So I try as much as possible to train because I feel whilst I'm training, I do um, weightlifting on an amateur level, obviously, I'm not a professional. Um, but when I'm hitting like um, the limits, when you're lifting weights, it's kind of like you're rehearsing adversity, no? You, you get to a point where you fail, you don't lift a particular weight. But you say it to yourself and you rehearse it to yourself, I'm coming back tomorrow and the next day and the, the day after the next. And I keep coming back until I manage to get to that point. That to me, it's kind of like, um, it's a habit that I keep not only to stay fit, but also to simulate adversity that can happen in business, in life, in your personal relationships. And you get a chance to face adversity in a playful way. I love those two key points, definitely. So one is have a support system, which I love that you said that because that's actually one of my chapters in my book that you do have to uh, get certain people together. And I kind of explain what those people look like, whether it's community, whether it's a team, because, you know, business, especially for entrepreneurs, we're not meant to do this ourselves. And we can't, we just a hundred percent can't. We have the ideas, we have the the drive, the ambition, and some of the tools, uh, but really the knowledge that, you know, in areas that we lack, that's what communities are for. And it's a great point because we have these masterminds that we have, especially just speaking to the CLA, is that, you know, when we get in breakout sessions, we talk about each of our challenges and everyone gets to input on how they first, uh, they have uh, faced adversity and how, you know, maybe they have uh, the same related issue at some point in time. And then you get all that value and how you can either um, prevent it or how you can overcome it if you're actually in the storm at that time. So you're a hundred percent right when it comes to having a community and really investing in that time and taking other people's stories and really being able to prevent those type of things. So I diligently, when I'm in masterminds and I'm in about eight different groups, including my own uh, that I created. And what I do if someone has a challenge and maybe I've never faced it before and then they're getting feedback, I'm like constantly taking notes because it's very important because you're never going to know when that is going to apply to you and just being prepared. So let us know how important is, uh, because you're a referral base, right? So how important are one events and two, having a coach? Uh, do you have a coach and um, do you have more than one? Uh, I've been through various coaching programs. Um, and in fact, this year, I want to make it a point, not specifically to mindset, so I don't have a coach specifically to mindset, 
but I've been through various coach coaching programs uh, for different things. So I, I'm now in a position. So when I started the business, I used to think, hey, this I can do it myself, you know? But as the, as the, as the saying goes, the, the, the devil is in the details. So when you start uh, facing challenges, let's say you're facing challenges in a particular problem in your business, um, and you're neck deep, and you're gonna most probably do mistakes that um, others have done, and you could have easily avoided, as you said, just by um, learning from the experience of others. So it's definitely um, a, a, a positive way to have a coach to lead you and to guide you through certain challenges that um, uh, that uh, that you you are going to face in your business, in your life, whatever, and anything in between. Um, I think I got this this idea of um, um, of training and using training in order to face adversity it's through my reading. Um, I consider myself as a, a book lover, so I love to read because I feel that through reading, you're actually doing that. You are taking experiences of others and you are reading about how they went through a, a challenge right a problem and how they eventually solved it sometimes it takes them it, it takes that particular person five years facing that challenge but he's just giving you the short to say hey if you're facing this challenge or if you think you're going to face this challenge this is what you should do so most probably i got that idea from from a book that i've read in the past um but i can't put my finger on a particular title of a book yeah yeah there's so many out there and so how many networking events have you been to and have they been beneficial for not only in the growth of your business but the growth of your clients um networking events in-person events uh because i am located here in europe it's a little bit way too far for me this is an unfortunate thing um because i am constantly invited to events in-person events and i i really recommend that if you can attend in-person events they are way more valuable because the personal touch, like when you get to meet someone, um, there's a connection, right? Virtual, it's okay. You can you can use virtual as a follow-up, but definitely um, connecting with someone in person, that can be replaced. That's not something that you can replace it with virtually. But unfortunately, it's what it is. Um, there, there are kind of like travel um operations uh operations wise it's not easy for me um but i do when there's an event here uh, in malta i do tend to um invest in events because events connecting with people face to face it's really important and uh, it's gonna help you um propel your business get your get the word out there um uh, and usually it's the start of something really really good um through events you get to meet people who are either at the same level where you are facing maybe the same challenges or as they are a step ahead and they can help you to get um to get yourself unstuck from a problem so definitely um in-person events i've done a lot of virtual events and i intend especially this year to focus more on speaking because through speaking and through um, virtual events, it's a good way how to scale and how to get reach, right? And in order to get your message across and to get um, uh, to get to to get others to know about you and about the the problems that you can solve for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about, I mean, as entrepreneurs and as business owners, it's really not about us. We have the, again, we have the ideas, we have the tools, we have everything that we need, but it's really about our client and how we get them uh, to that next level. So let us know how, um, just a little bit of how your process works through uh, Early Parrot. Um, if someone wants to um, know about your business and how the process is, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, sure, sure. So when I when I was sharing my story and I said um, that in the beginning I struggled because I was focused on the technology more than I should, um, I was actually focused on the fourth step. Um, so I have a four-step process uh, when I onboard clients and when I get someone who needs help with referrals. Um, and the last step, it's actually automation. That's when the platform comes in, right? So I was focusing on the fourth step without actually acknowledging that there are three steps before and they are vital because they are everything. Um, um, and they should supersede the efforts of actually automating something. So the, the four steps that I take a client um, through, first one is discovery. During discovery, I get to know the client. I get to know um, the challenge that they are facing. I get to explain what referrals are. And um, whilst most entrepreneurs, they know what a referral is, sometimes there are some misconceptions so, because there are different kinds of referrals, we're specifically focused on referrals coming from your previous clients or referrals coming from people in your audience. So if you have an audience following on social media or a newsletter, um, we want to put that asset because we look at your following as an asset and we turn them into mini ambassadors. That's where we're focused. Whilst there are other different kinds of referrals which are called also referrals, like B2B referrals. Um, normally that's more, um, um, more named and labeled as affiliate marketing. So when a business refers someone else, a client to another business, that's more affiliate marketing. So during the discovery, that this gives me, it, the discovery stage gives me a chance to explain the client what we do and also get a good understanding, a brief understanding of where they are in terms of the business and what's the goal, what's their next step. At this point, um, I, al I always um, get a chance to say no to certain clients and I take full responsibility of rejecting certain clients, certain requests that they want to proceed with the referral program because I feel that they are not at, at, a, at a good stage that they should invest time and money to implement a referral strategy. So for instance, when I get a, a discovery call with a business that they are not, they have a very shaky offer and I can sense that, I can say, listen, it's better you get this money that you're going to invest in referral marketing and you improve and you test on different offers in order to find your signature offer. It's really important that you go there. So I don't want to take any money off you because you're not yet at, at, at a certain stage. So there's a checklist that I go through with each client. And during the discovery calls, I get to say a lot of no's. Um, so that's stage number one. Stage number two, if they made it through the discovery, I go through a full audit of the business. So what does it entail? It's not a financial audit. It's more um, 
which audiences do you have? Sometimes I get to speak to businesses and business owners, and they don't understand that they own a lot of assets, that they are there and they are dormant. So yeah, Gaetano, we have an email list of 2,000 people. It's a very small email list, it's 2,000 people. But those 2,000 people, they are exactly what? Yeah, people that they have bought a micro offer of us, you know, a $7 offer. Whoa, that's an asset. It's there. Are you are you sending out emails to, to, to those clients? Yeah, seldomly, maybe one once a week. Oh, we take notes. That's an asset that we can use. We can revive that asset and we can ask for referrals. We can offer them um, a way how they can, you know, come back and also refer others because they have been validated. So on and so forth. Check the social media following. Which social media are you engaging on? Where are you getting um where are you getting engagement the most? Which groups, um, any masterminds that you attend, these are all assets, the different connections, different businesses that you are connected to, so on and so forth. Once we go through the audit, once we get the result of the audit, we come up with a referral strategy. And this is the point where we deliver to our clients a way how we think it's going to be the best, how to approach referral marketing. So how are we going? to get their existing audience to refer others in exchange for rewards, the kind of incentives that they have to offer when they should ask for referrals. Is it at an early stage? Is it after they purchase a micro offer? Is it after they complete their program, uh, their signature program? Is it uh, during a discovery call? Is it after their onboarding call? Which strategy, which strategy should they use? Should they give out money? Should they give out a bonus instead? Should they give out um, coupons from another company or a discount of another company? Anyway, these various strategies, should they give um, double-sided rewards? That is, they give a reward to the referrer and to the referee, whichever makes sense most for that particular business. We go through all the different things. We work with them on how to promote the referral program. So it's one thing to have a referral program and one thing to spread the word about the referral program because the referral program now is going to be another component, which is kind of like another offer um, to the list of offers. And you have to provide it with enough promotion so that you get enough oibles on your referral program so that you get enough traction of your referral program. And so that's the third. That's when the referral strategy comes in with the goals and um, the dates when we intend to reach those goals. And then if it makes sense, we move on to the fourth step. But the fourth step, it's totally optional. For the simple reason, not optional, it's, it's, it's something that we recommend sometimes. And sometimes we recommend you should not use automation. So when we get um, certain businesses that they need to scale their um, referral marketing, they obviously need automation right? Because they are not going to track referrals and to see who's referring um, others. They need a piece of software that does that automatically for them and delivers rewards, so on and so forth. Um, but this is only optional. Sometimes we get clients who say, listen, we're still at an early stage, but we need guidance of you so that when we're preparing our offers, we have this in mind that we want to build everything that we build up until to the stage where we're able to hire you, to get you on board and to get you to audit our business. We want to build a community that fosters referrals from day one. So they only need the strategy part. So mm -hmm. the automation, they, they don't need it. So it's a four-stage strategy, um, four-step um, process, discovery, audit, um, 
referral strategy and automation. That is awesome. Very thought out. Definitely something that a lot of people will need depending on what stage. Now, what stage do you think should, if they're just starting a business like today, um, would you even do a discovery call or would you wait six months, 12 months? Um, how, how does that look? Um, definitely. If you're starting a business today, it's not for you. Um, so if you want to hop on a call, it, it will last maybe five, 10 minutes. It would be nice actually to meet you because I'm a people's person. Uh, but definitely it's not a strategy that you should focus on uh, from the get-go. Uh, you should focus on more other things like um, MVP, validation of your ideas, so on and so forth. All these different things. Um, upsells, downsells of the offer, signature offer, finding your message, so on and so forth. But once you get, there's no, there's no time limit. There are some people who manage to get to a stage in six months time. Um, some people, it takes them six years. I mean, that's not a problem. Definitely, everyone has his own um, timing, so to speak. But normally, when we look, um, what we look for is a certain sizable audience, and we also look at the um, how difficult it is to capture a lead. So, if you have an alternative to capture leads in um, in um, in a meaningful way and which is not costing you a lot of money, I would delay the referral process later on um, in your business, right? But if your cost of acquisition, it's way too high, way too high, like um, initially, and you can't find a problem, most probably referrals, um, it's gonna be a strategy that you have to look at sooner rather than later. For the same reason, I would like to share a quick story with you. Um, Dropbox. Um, most probably everyone who's listening to us, they know who Dropbox are. Um, it's a storage company. So basically you can store your files and you can share them. Um, and it was way before uh, Google Drive came along, right? Um, they had this problem that their cost of acquisition was around $300 when they were selling, if I'm not mistaken, a $99 per year software. So they were paying three times as much an annual subscription for a software in order to acquire one lead, which is, I mean, a way how to get out of business fairly quickly, right? Because your cost of acquisition, it's astronomically high. So they came up with a referral program, which remains up until this day, one of the best applications of referral programs. So when you're studying referral programs, um, they basically came up with a referral program where they invited their users to share their box with others in exchange for extra storage. So they would say, hey, Nikki, share it with your friends and you will get an extra one gig. Um, and what, what they managed to do is through the referral program, they managed to lower their, their cost of acquisitions because they were getting clients for cents. Like they were getting um, high converting clients that are willing to sign up through word of mouth for cents rather than paying $300, they managed to get them for cents. So and that was the turning point in the company. If they haven't implemented their referral program, Dropbox would be another dead startup for sure by now. But now it's a, a billion dollar company. So, um, or a multi-million dollar company. I don't know exactly. Um, but it's, 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 this goes to show that if you're struggling with cost of acquisition, if it's taking way too much time and also um, 
it's costing you a lot of money in ads, in, in content, whatever you're doing, right? In order to acquire leads, most probably you should look at referral marketing because it's, it's one of the best ways how to lower your cost of acquisition. So it really depends um, uh, when to book a, a, a discovery call. If you're in doubt, might as well you do it. It's for free. <laughs> and as I said, it would be a pleasure to, to get to know you. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. You definitely dropped some wisdom here when it comes to referral marketing. I didn't know it at this level. I knew about like affiliation links. Um, I do have a couple with some partners. Um, I don't have none specifically of my own. I'm creating that now. Um, so it's like, okay, you know, everybody can win uh, in this. And we do word of mouth. We talk about things all the time that we don't get paid for. Um, so it's just great to have something out there that, you know, everyone can share the win um, in connection because it's really for everyone's growth, right? Everyone's, um, uh, yeah, growth. Uh, basically, that's all I can say about that. But thank you so much for that. How can people get a hold of you? Um, they can they can send me an email. So it's gaitano.earlyperiod.com. Maybe you can share it um, in the description. They can also go to earlyperiod.com and there's a live chat um, or else they can book a discovery call if they uh, think that it's the right uh, thing to do. Earlyperiod.com forward slash discovery. And um, you will get, uh, I, 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 it would be a pleasure to meet them and to see what they are doing and how we can help them. Absolutely. And they definitely will be in the show notes in the description so that they can get connected with you. It's a pleasure um, having you here on the show. Did you want to leave our audience with a uh, word of advice in their business or personally, whatever uh, your last few words are? Yes, sure, sure, sure. Um, if you're in the business world, if you have a business, um, most probably you're already getting your fares. I'm almost 100% sure that you're already getting happy clients, referring your clients. What we aim for is that you have a strategy, kind of like an SOP, more formal term, um, when it comes to referral, because we want to next those referrals that you're getting. So that's that's the goal. Um, and it's something that most businesses, only about 3% of the businesses, they are tapping into this. So by taking um, um, a step forward and investing in referral marketing, investing in a referral strategy, um, you're going to be kind of like part of those 3% and you're going to get ahead of your competition and ahead of the market. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Building a Leadership Mindset podcast. And this is brought to you by the Connected Leaders Academy and Bomb Global. Super excited again to have you um, on our show. And we're going to be connected for a very long time with the CLA. So super excited about that. And everyone have a great day. And as I always say, make it count.